William by Richard Marsh. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. William by Richard Marsh. I had been seated in the next chair to hers for at least two minutes. I felt that it was time to introduce myself. It's a fine evening. She turned, she looked me up and down, then she looked straight in front of her again. I don't know you. But I was not to be crushed. There was something about the shape of her that which suggested sociability. That is my misfortune rather than my fault. I don't know nothing at all about that. I do not speak to strangers as a rule. Sometimes there's never no knowing who they are. I felt that I was getting on, so I went on. What do you think of the band? It's not loud enough for me. I like a band as I can hear. One suspected there might be occasions on which one could almost like a band which one could not hear, but I did not say so. That broke the ice, and the conversation drifting on to personal topics, she explained to me that she had a young man who, so to speak, was resting owing to what she called a difference which she had had with him it struck me that the tale as she told it contained elements of tragedy bakers she observed is what i like i have a sister who likes butchers to me there's always the smell of the meat about a butcher but it's as you're made the worst of bakers is there's such a thirsty lot possibly i suggested that is in a measure owing to the nature of their occupation that may be but still there's a limit and when a man is always drinking i think it's time for him to stop i thought so too but she went on my young man his name is william evans is a baker and him and me have been walking out together for years come next month so i said to him william it's my day out tuesday i shall expect you to take me somewhere so he said i will so i said hyde park corner half past ten i was there as the clock was striking and a fine scuffle i had to get there too and if you'll believe me he kept me waiting two hours and three quarters by the clock what's over the gatekeeper's lodge which is longer than any gentleman ought to keep a lady waiting I don't care who he is. So when he did come, I was a bit huffy. So I said, Well, William, I hope I've put you to no hurry, and it's a pity you should have troubled yourself to come at this time of day, seeing as how I'm just off home. So he said, and he wiped his lips, and I could see he had had a moistener, if not more it's like this i accidentally had an appointment which was of the nature of business and which i couldn't help and that's how it is i'm a little behind i see i said and it had something to do with pine pots i have no doubt so he sat down on a seat which was wet owing to there being a drizzle on and as it seemed silly for me to stand whilst he was sitting i sat down likewise so there we sat neither of us saying nothing till i began to feel a little damp because i had my thin things on and it was beginning to come down heavy 
so i said well william have you forgotten it's my day out i thought you was going to take me somewhere he said so i am so i said where are you going to take me to it's getting on and i'm likewise getting wet which i was so he said what do you say to battersea park so i said i say nothing and the idea william of your talking about taking me to battersea park when as you very well know it is raining cats and dogs is not what i expected because as he could very well see i only had a parasol which was red and the rain was coming through and the colour coming out but he didn't care for the rain no more than nothing because as i tell you he being a baker to him it was a kind of a change you must know that william is that near about money that i never saw nothing like him not that it's a bad thing in a man though it may be carried too far and i must say i do think william do carry it too far he has never given me nothing which he didn't want me to pay for not even half a pint of beer so i was not surprised when he said the fact is matilda which is me i haven't got no money well i said that's a nice thing to promise to take me out and then to have no money so he said if you was to pay the expenses for both the two of us it might make things more pleasant so i said no i thank you because i had been had that way before and more than once so i got up and said well william i will now wish you a good day because i have been here since half past ten and it is now past two and my clothes is sticking to me and i don't care to stop no longer so he said now matilda don't you get disagreeable which i was beginning to feel it and so i own we are both of us having a day out he said and don't let no bad temper spoil our pleasure i may have some money somewhere unbeknown to myself so i will look and see though i must say i do think it hard that all the expenses should be borne by me so he begins feeling in his pockets and presently he gives a kind of start and he brings out half a crown there he said is half a crown and if you put five shillings to it it will make seven and six no i said i shall put no five shillings of mine to no half crown of yours and so the least said the soonest mended and if you don't mind i will go and get myself something to eat being hungry and having i am thankful to say money of my own with which to pay for it then he gives another kind of start and he says there if i didn't make a pasty for you last night with my own hands and i've been sitting on it all the time which he had and anything like the mess he'd made of it you never saw he held it out to me no i said i thank you i'm particular about my wittles and i never eat no scraps and still less things that have been sat down upon well he said it's a pity it should be wasted i'll eat it myself which it did 
and me standing in the rain there looking on that did put my back up mr evans i said short and sharp i wish you a good day i am going so i goes and he comes running after me peeking at the bits of pasty what was stuck to the paper i must say this for william that it takes a deal to get his temper up so i pulls up now let us understand each other william if you please are you going to pay for something for me to eat or are you not he gives himself a kind of a shake so as to get his courage up and he says you shall have anything you like to eat at my expense matilda so long as the cost does not exceed then he hesitated nine pence then he gave himself another kind of shake which i took as a sign that his courage was running down for both the two of us that made me fairly wild it really did to think that he had promised to take me somewhere and that i had been more than three hours there in the rain and got wet through and my things all spoiled which it was a new dress i had on what i had got special for the occasion and it had only come home from the dressmakers the day before and the colour was coming out of my parasol which was likewise new and my hair all coming out of curl and me feeling as limp as a rag and starving hungry and that he should want to put me off with fourpence halfpenny worth of food drawn from him as if it were his eye-tooth it did make me feel really wild i never said a word to him but i walks right out of the park he comes running after me and he catches hold of my arm and he says now matilda what did i say just now about letting no bad temper spoil our pleasure i said i don't know what your idea of pleasure is but it isn't mine and as i don't want to have no more to do with you mr evans perhaps you will be so kind as to let me go but he holds on to me all the tighter and he says i'll tell you what matilda a idea has just come into my head my brother as you have heard me talk about lives close by here we will go and dine with him he being a married man and with a comfortable home he will be glad to see us well i didn't know what to do not liking to have no quarrel with him in the street so off we starts for his brothers he took me to a muse what led out of park lane and as we was turning the corner he said there's only this one thing about my brother him and me has had a little difference of opinion and he's not of a forgiving disposition so i said now william what do you mean by that so he said number thirty-two on the other side is where he lives and if you was to go on and knock at the door and ask for mrs henry evans what is my brother's wife so to speak it might smooth the way so i said i do not understand you just now you were saying as how your brother would be glad to see us are you now insinuating otherwise he catches a glimpse of my eye and he sees the kind of mood i was in and he plucks up and he walks on and he says we will hope for the best 
do not let us spoil our day's pleasure by no disagreeable observations there is never no knowing what might happen all of a sudden he cries out there is my brother now matilda don't you let him start hitting me and he jumps behind me so as to get into the shadow as it were so i says william whatever is the matter now your conduct do seem to me to be of the most extraordinary character and there was a great big giant of a man on the other side of the road washing a carriage with a bucket of water and i don't know what and as i moves on one side he catches sight of william and anything like the way in which he started swearing you never heard hello he says there's that putty-faced brother of mine i've been looking for you for some time here's something for you william and before i had no idea what he was going to do he catches up the bucket of water and he throws it over william and some of it went over me oh dear me you never saw nothing like the mess that i was in and he grabs hold of william by the collar and he says hang me if i don't wipe down the street with you and he shouts out henrietta here's brother william haven't you got anything for him you bet your life he's come for something and a window opens over the way and a woman puts her head out and she empties something out of a pail over william and again some of it went over me oh dear dear and that giant of a man he set about william something cruel and all the muse was in a uproar and i hurried away as hard as i ever could i was that frightened and i got into a cab just as i was and you should have seen how the cabman stared and drove right away to a sister of mine what lives at camberwell and i nearly cried my eyes out and i've never spoken to william nor set eyes on him since then which is a fortnight the day after to-morrow and if you had been in my place and had been treated as i was would you have let things go on as usual just if there hadn't been no difference no i said i should not i should have insisted on their going on in quite a different kind of way and so i told her End of William by Richard Marsh Read by Lars Rolander